Welcome to Day 333 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp and David Keefe. We have uh, been studying the Upper Room Discourse, and the Upper Room Discourse moves from Jesus' instruction about abiding in Him and preparing His disciples to know and receive the Holy Spirit and looking ahead to the difficulties that they will face you know, not only in the next few days as Jesus is crucified and their world seems to be turned upside down, uh, but in their ministry as a whole as they face the challenge of living and representing Christ in a world that doesn't understand Christ and, and, and many times is opposed to everything you know that Christ stands for. And the Upper Room Discourse comes to a nice you know, conclusion in the prayer of Jesus. The other Gospels record you know, the prayers that Jesus prays privately in the garden mm-hmm. when he prays, you know, Father, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. This is a prayer, evidently, that Jesus prayed over his disciples before withdrawing and praying alone in the presence of the Heavenly Father. And what a rich prayer it is. This is the longest recorded prayer, you know, of Jesus in Scripture. And uh, not only that, he concludes a prayer by praying for us. In other words, he has us in mind as those who would mm-hmm. one day receive his message and be, you know, considered his people, you know, through the work of the apostles. So it's fun to know that even as Jesus went to the cross, he had us in mind. So before we uh, dig in, as always, before we uh, before we explore the prayer of Jesus. Uh, let's ask for the presence of His Spirit mm-hmm. uh, to take His Word, to make it ours, to shape us into the image of His Son and draw us closer to Him. So, David, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? Now let's pray. Father, we do thank You so much for Your Word, and we thank You for time that we can now spend in Your Word. And may Your Word be at work in only a way that it can as Your Spirit moves. Uh, may we um, be transformed more into the image and, and the likeness of your son. Thank you so much for your son and his wonderful prayer, but also his his life and his death and his resurrection and ascension. Uh, Father, may we marvel at Jesus today and may our hearts be transformed. Um, and may you do this work for your glory through your church. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. John chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those that you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by that name that you gave me. 
None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. What a wonderful prayer. And of course, we know from the garden that the unity of Jesus is praying, if at all possible, may this cup pass from me, but that the greater desire that he has through this prayer is for the Father to be glorified in him. And what a beautiful prayer. And you even have, you know, a little section in there that is somewhat surprising. As you look at the, the life of the apostles, he says, you know, they have glorified me. Mm. And, and, of course, it's been a ragged kind of journey for the disciples, both in unbelief and, you know, and uh, running ahead of themselves and not understanding who Jesus is. But even in the response that they've had to his grace and to the gospel, they have already by believing that the Father has sent the Son and the Father is in the Son, they have already brought glory to Him and will continue to bring uh, glory to Him. And so not only is it a, you know, a prayer that shows us the heart of Jesus, but it also shows us what would be our heart as well, mm-hmm. that the Father would glorify Himself in us so that we might uh, glorify the Father. Now, as we read now, I was thinking how gracious of Jesus, right? He's soon to be deserted. You know, obviously... Um, he will be um, rejected but by many, but even in that, he, he speaks so kindly and so fondly and so graciously of his people, which gives me a lot of hope as wow. someone who feels like he might not always glorify um, Christ as well. Of course, when you go back you know, to uh, you know, chapters 12 and 13, um, you know, Jesus knows you know, what is about to happen to him, and he knows that authority has been entrusted to them. And having loved his own who were in the world, he's, he's loving them to the very end. Mm-hmm. And so as he is moving toward the cross, when his friends should have been caring for him and concerned about him, which, which, which they were not, mm-hmm. uh, he is deeply caring for them and is deeply concerned for them. Mm-hmm. And even in all of the things that he's done in the upper room, you know, to prepare them for what lies ahead of them, you know, finally he, he, just, he just prays for them. Mm-hmm. And, and the prayer may be more effective than the instruction <laughs> in, in, in this case. Father, they're not getting this, so I'm just going to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And, and lift them up but how great to know that not only did he pray for us but he is still mm-hmm. according to Hebrews ever living to intercede for us that he continues to pray for us and and of course with prayers like this we, we know that we're deeply blessed mm-hmm. 
I feel like even in reading this and even over the last few days, we're getting like kind of this, this peek behind the curtain of just this beauty of the relationship that Christ has with the father and the father with Christ. And now with Christ's people who the father has given him. And it, it just kind of like showing us this, this wonderful, um, event taking place leading to the cross even in, in, in the kind of the nastiness of the cross that's where um you know he will glorify the son and the son will glorify him as he says at the beginning is, is through kind of this shameful rejection event but in that um they're both glorified it's just the kind of the upside down nature of uh, of christ and, and his kingdom and, and the gospel <laughs> i really like uh what seems very simple but it's a great explanation of what has happened in the lives of the disciples and why they belong to god in verse 8 when he says for i gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them and they knew with certainty that it came from you and they believed and i just love that they didn't he didn't say these were perfect men they had 100 percent faith they were faithful it was just that um they accepted and believed and i i love that simplicity and, and of course you have you have the complexity of you know the gospel there because uh, they are his because the father has given them mm-hmm. to them and yeah. and and they have received and accepted the gospel because the father has brought them you know to the person of jesus so you see the sovereign will of god at work in drawing his people mm-hmm. to himself and you see also their responsibility to respond in faith and belief you know, come together in a very you know beautiful you know beautiful description beyond our our understanding. We want to uh, create complicated you know descriptions of how the sovereignty of God works or how you know human responsibility works, and uh, we, we we simply need to affirm both and realize that God in His grace brings those things together in a way that will ultimately be pleasing to us. And of course, you see how deeply pleasing it is, you know, to the Father, you know, as well. I, I love you know the description. If you were you know ask the question, what is eternal life? You know how would you answer it? And he gives mm. a beautiful answer to that. And this this is eternal life that they may know you, the one through God and Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. whom you have sent. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, the quality of our life is wrapped up in our knowledge of God. And by knowledge of God, we're not talking about you know theological precepts that we have stored away or scriptures that we have memorized or word studies that mm-hmm. we have done or any of those, those those kinds of things we're not talking about the knowledge of god we're talking about a deep intimate relationship with him mm-hmm. and, and of course that's the measure of our theology the measure of our theology is not is it making us smarter and more smug mm-hmm. uh, the measure of our you know theology it's it's pursued in the right heart in the right way if it's leading us into deeper intimacy with God and a deeper desire to live in his presence. And so what a beautiful description. And then, of course, he, he talks about the disciples being in the world and how they mm-hmm. need to be sanctified. Yeah. And he says, sanctify them you know, by truth, your word. Your word does that. Your word preserves us in the middle of all of the difficulties you know, we experience. But then he goes you know, one further. I have sanctified myself for them that they may be truly sanctified. And of course, that is the work <laughs> of the cross. The Holy One mm-hmm. kept himself pure for us in order that he might present us as a pure bride you know, to himself. And, and what, a beautiful, you know, what a beautiful picture. For, I, for them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly mm-hmm. sanctified. It's his holiness, not ours. And he speaks somewhat to that sanctification in 
you know, in verses 11, he talks about he, he's going to be leaving the world, um, but Father, protect them by the power of the name so they may be one as we are one. And then later on, speaking of, you know, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. And so I think so often in those difficult moments, we would rather just kind of be done with the world and be with the Father, but he knows no not that you would take them out that you'd protect not them. not only you know not only you know protect them from the evil one but i have sent them into the world just as you've sent me in, into the world so you know we we have a mission in in the world it's not just to be protected in the world uh you know which is a lot of times you know what we think but it's actually to be actively engaged with the world uh, with the glory that he has given us so that he might be glorified in the world by the way that we live and who we are and, and by continuing, you know, to draw people through the gospel to himself so that they know him and, and, and believe. Well, I love that he's praying for us today. I mean, um, in verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message um, and that he is... Um, you know, praying that we would understand the complete unity with the Father, and that yeah. Yeah, what a profound unity that, that is. Yeah. You know, if if you read this prayer, you know you're you're drawn into the warmth of the prayer and the yeah. the beautiful vision. You know, the prayer gives us, but you are also saddened that mm-hmm. uh, the one aspect of the prayer that has not been fully you know fully realized to our satisfaction or to his satisfaction that, that his followers have the kind of unity that he is talking about. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to imagine a more divided group of people, and, mm-hmm. and and don't want to linger on that, you know. Long he will indeed, you know, one day unite us, and he will indeed, you know, one day bring you know this prayer, you know, to full to a full conclusion. But but it is sad that the, that the church, you know, sometimes it is its own worst enemy, mm-hmm. and in the way that we you know behave toward the world and the way that we behave toward one another. And we need to do everything we can. You know, Paul said, you know, in as far as it's up to you, live at peace with all men. Do everything we can, you know, to preserve the bond of the spirit, uh, and or, or the, you know, the peace and the bond of spirit. And, and we need to do that. But that is that is if there is a sad part or a low note in this prayer, as we look around and, and know that it hadn't been fully yeah. realized in us. Yeah, there is that hope held out there um, that they may be one as we are one for verse uh, 22 and then verse 23 I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity mm-hmm. then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me yeah mm-hmm. and then I love you know verse you know 24 I want those you have given me to be with me mm-hmm. where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world and of course that is what we are destined for is to be with him mm-hmm. and to see his glory and in that moment we will be so you know completely overwhelmed uh, with who he is how beautiful and how perfect are all of his ways and of course we live in this world and so we have a, a whole lot of tension but we we understand that the moment we see him all of that tension will melt away because he does all things well and his will is good and it's perfect and it's pleasing and we know that more and more as we offer ourselves to him but we will know that ultimately when we see the fullness of his glory which is beyond what any human mm-hmm. can see mm-hmm. uh, in, it, in its beauty and its majesty and so we look forward to that uh, to that day Cindy, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. 
Father, thank you so much for the very words of Jesus who would be praying for us. Um, Father, thank you for his heart, for um, the people that you have given him, Father. I thank you for his heart, for um, just that we would know unity and that we would be one with you and as he is one with you. Father, the desire to one day have us with him in all his glory. These are things often beyond my compre- comprehension, Lord, but we thank you for these truths and ask that they would not just um, sit idly in our hearts, Father, but they would be profound and that they would cause our hearts to be changed and transformed um, into, the, into the likeness of him. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.